Now, before we get into this episode, I have a special announcement for you. And that is, I'm holding a four-day transformational mindset and marketing event on the beautiful island of Bali, Indonesia. Now, this is the second time around that we have run the Master Your Influence event, and the last one sold out as we filled the room. Now, I'll be holding the event on July 23rd to July 26th with two incredible leadership experts who have impacted tens of thousands from stages around the world and have created a truly fulfilling lifestyle for themselves and their tribe. Now, I hear all too often that the path of an entrepreneur is a lonely one. And I can tell you it's true. I have experienced this myself. So this is your opportunity to move out of loneliness and into collaboration and high-level creation with a tribe of game changers, entrepreneurs, philanthropists, inspiring creatives, and many more that will impact your life forever. So just imagine, over the course of four unforgettable days, you will not only learn powerful new ways to master your influence, you will also get to deepen your relationships face-to-face in a fun social setting in the evenings and spend time with myself and the other speakers. So this is an invite-only event, and you must apply for it if you are ready for a powerful shift in your life. Now head over to imjoelbrown.com slash event. That is I-M-J-O-E-L-B-R-O-W-N.com forward slash event and watch the video before you apply. Now just remember the person that you'll be at the end of this exciting getaway will blow your friends, family, and your followers away when you return home. Applications are limited. Get on it now. Don't miss this. We are maxing out the room very soon, okay? So jump on it today. Now, let's get into this interview. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. I'm your host, Joel Brown, and I'm here today with Nicholas Bayer, who is the CEO of The Billion Dollar Body. He runs the number one ranked podcast out there right now. He is the number one businessman that runs this event called The Billion Dollar Body Live, and also... He is a top 30 entrepreneur under 30 by Influensive. What a massive achievement. Nicholas, we have met a couple times now. Every time I meet you, bro, I, I just love your energy and I love how you hold this incredible vision for what is possible. And it's just awesome to see your journey unfold and how much you love your wife and how much you are in your faith and how much you really are stepping up as a leader. So thank you so much for everything you do. And I'm so excited to jump into this episode with you. Heck yeah, man. I appreciate you having me here. The big thing, man, is you left out that I was featured in Addicted to Success. That was my like biggest <laughs> accomplishment, man. Uh, everyone's going to check that out. But just to honor you, man, I just appreciate you for putting this whole show together, making it possible for other people. Just as someone ran the four-minute mile and everyone else started to do it afterwards, same thing happens on these shows when we share our breakthroughs and our vulnerabilities. Other people get to walk away with that as well. And everyone listening, just give a big round of applause right now and also email Joel Brown. Give him a five star rate and review because man he's put this whole thing together for all of us and my life changed in a moment and that moment changed my life forever and i know we'll have those moments here today as well so you're going to want to listen to the very end oh mate look at you jumping in and and helping me co-host with your awesome way of delivering words brother i really appreciate you man i accept your compliments they're definitely received thank you so much and i'm excited to jump in with you because i know that this year uh you have reached seven figures, all right? And we know that it's not all about money, but I do love that you are a man of faith and you love to, to represent that and to give back as well. So we're going we're to jump in on both because I think it's really important to bring both to the table. But 
before we jump into the how you made seven figures in the span of a year, because I think a lot of people are really going to get a lot of value from that. I would love to ask you, man, did you always hold this mindset? Because I know I saw a post recently where you talked about having this this stinginess or this poverty uh, struggle within you for a little while. So, so let's, um, let's jam on that because I feel like a lot of people now have this running story around wealth and I know that uh, if they can break through that poverty mindset, that would be such an awesome value add uh, you know, for the start of this episode. Yeah. So just to start off, like I did not always have this mindset that I have today and I would hope not. Like you should always be a transforming person. But one thing that I did have, and I think that everyone has that's listening right now is a skill set in an area that's better than someone else that they know. And the one thing that I noticed that most people try to do is they try to find out like ways to solve problems and they, they figure out how to get good at one thing. They figure out how to get good at another thing. They figure out how to be confident. They figure out how to be good at investing, how to let go of their money issues and poverty and all these things are built up through our past experiences and a lens that we look through. But the one thing that I learned, and I learned this really from this, uh, this guy who he told me this story about when he was in a math class, when he was in high school, he asked the teacher, if I, if I just get an A on every test, can I not do any homework? Because I just hate doing this homework. And the teacher's like, yeah, of course. Like, obviously, learning, this was a smart teacher. If they know the answers, then they shouldn't have to do the homework. So he went through that whole year, only missed one question and here's how he did it or one yeah one answer is the only one he missed all year and basically what he did is he opened his math book went through it for eight hours one day and he learned the principles of how to solve the problem and each chapter he would solve the hardest problem only one and then after he knew the principles and how to solve it got the right answer he moved on to the next chapter and the next chapter and just within a few short hours one time he was able to get every single answer right besides one the entire year and what it summed up to is that if you use these principles rather than trying to figure out and read a hundred books on one subject read the top three books on one subject and break everything down into principles that you then can apply to solve problems so you're not just going out there and solving and trial and error, but you figure out the principle behind how to solve a problem. I feel like that's really what I've done because it started off with health. I was 60 pounds overweight, Joel. I had a 1.8 GPA. I had no girlfriend for seven years. I had no money saved up. So every area that you could ever think about in life, I was completely failing at. And it felt like I put them together one at a time. And it was almost like when you're walking through your house and you're trying to pick up all the trash. And like after a while, you have so much trash that you start dropping some on the floor and it becomes counterproductive. Because I was trying to solve these problems in my life. I didn't know how I could hold them all three uh, in tension together and have the principles from each one cause me to have more success in my wealth, more success in my relationship, more success in my personal health, mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional. I feel like if people can uh, mash things down into principles, maybe from your episodes, from your blogs, things like that, then they have power to solve all the problems. Oh, I love this. I love it. So it's all about the principles. I agree. I absolutely agree. I think what happens, right, is a lot of people do what they think is popular rather than what are, prin- what are the principles that they can live by in their life. And when you base things off what's popular, you keep swaying in the wind grasping at straws every moment. Uh, So I love that you've identified that early. You've applied it to your life. You've had great success with it. So share with me, what are a few principles here that we can apply today? Like things that you know that you've tried and tested that are very rock solid uh, to become a successful uh, entrepreneur in the space that you're in. So even think about this one concept. Principles is even, we talked about faith at the beginning. So just to go deeper on that, it's like, man, love your God with your heart, mind, soul, and everything that you have and love your neighbor as yourself. 
It's like those are two principles that were given to us a long time ago that stand the test of time. My principles mm. have been totally done for me like uh, when it comes to overcoming a situation. Maybe you have a negative reaction where you go into a child brain. This happens to me with guys all the time. You know, like I've coached 600 men one-on-one over the last five years. Believe me, we push each other sometimes where we go back in this child brain, meaning that when you go back into a time where someone just acts completely different, maybe you've had a family member do this or a friend if someone's listening, where all of a sudden they just get triggered. It actually happened to me on the phone with someone the other, just yesterday. I said something and it triggered them so hard. Why? Not because what I said was actually wrong or they knew my intention, but because it brought them back to the past experience that they had that was super negative with that type of tonality or that type of verbiage. And so one of the things that I've noticed since uh, the number one investment you can make is in yourself, so everyone listening to have greater breakthrough for yourself, is to figure out when you get triggered to recognize it, become self-aware, and to actually go back and ask yourself, when was the first time that I had this type of experience? And I, I did this when I was 18 years old, 19 years old, and even to this day, I have to do it all the time. Go back to that original experience to figure out, man, like what happened in this experience? I try to get a better perspective on the situation because the majority of our life is shaped through our first eight years. In, in life. So most of those experiences are going to be back then, which you think a lot differently now, hopefully, especially if you're listening to this podcast, then obviously you do. So you go back with a different perspective. You're able to con, uh, consolidate that situation in a way where you're able to file that memory back as a positive and go through life more powerful. And Joel, just one, one uh, actual aspect of my life, just so people see, is that when I was five years old, I was playing hide and go seek and I hid in a washing machine and don't even talk to me about the fact that I hid in a washing machine because that's terrible. But <laughs> I, I got left, right? And there was this really cute girl that was about 14 years old, friends with my brother, maybe even 12. And they left me in that washer and dryer and it made me feel so abandoned and alone that affected my relationships. It affected the way I looked at myself. It affected my risk-taking ability when it came to uh, business success because I had this fear that my clients were going to leave me, my friends were going to leave me, that I was going to become abandoned by all these people. And what happens, you end up people-pleasing. There's tons of manifestations of this and everyone has these moments. And I remember just taking this baseball bat, this little tiny baseball bat, and just like I wanted to hit someone with it so bad, but I couldn't bring myself to do it. And I lived my entire life up until that moment that I got triggered and I recognized that trigger, went back into that time, realized that that girl did not mean anything negative. My brother didn't. And my little self, it was okay for me to feel that way. But just because I had that experience doesn't mean that it is my reality and it does not define me just as when you are cold. That doesn't mean you are cold. Joel's probably actually pretty warm right now. That doesn't mean Joel is warm. I could put him in a cold climate and he'll be cold. It's a situation. So broke is not a destination. It is a yes. symptom of something that you're experiencing. And when I experience it, I realize that this is something that can be changed. Whereas I am powerful, something that can last forever. So identify with things that can last for eternity, one. And two, when you have triggers or see other people with triggers, uh, it's a great tool to be able to go back in time and be able to do this. And if you can do this all the time with triggers in business, triggers in uh, why, do, why am I eating this food? Why do I keep going towards? Why do I keep going towards alcohol? We're doing a 30-day no alcohol challenge right now in our community. Why do I keep going towards this uh, sex and sabotaging my relationships? Self-sabotage, fear of success. Uh, that tool can be used for everyone. Yes, I love that you shared this. It's interesting. Some people achieve based off desperation and some achieve based off inspiration. 
Dude, that's do, a great do you point. Find it's quotable. Absolutely. And I think both are good. Uh, here's an example as well. I'm in a mastermind that's all about giving. It's how I got into business. I'm, I really love the concept of giving, whether it's financially, time, energy, whatever it is. And in this community, I realized that I wanted recognition, to be honest. It, maybe it was negative. Maybe it was like that desperation. Maybe it was uh, something that would be looked at as selfish. But the only way that I got it was through giving. And so all of a sudden I was doing correct things. So at least don't put yourself, if you're looking for, if you have a negative type of motivation, like fear, fear of failure, the best way to actually get at least a positive result out of it is to put yourself in an environment where you use that fear or use that thing that is being used for bad for good, like the recognition in this community I was in. I could have been in a gang and if I wanted recognition, I would have had to tear up cars. I would have had to demean people. But because of the environment that I was in, which is why we're so big on this with Billion Dollar Body Live, is that when you're in this environment, you adapt to it. And whatever that environment, whatever that culture holds as sacred as, as the way to be looked at as doing a good job, whatever that uh, culture says is success is what you end up naturally gravitating towards doing, whether it's through desperation or inspiration. But obviously, life's a lot more fungible when you're uh, inspired to do something rather than having that fear of failure. And because of that, you're going to work real hard. Uh, you'll never be fulfilled in that moment. You will cause results. And that's why it's confusing, Joel. Like, man, when someone's out there producing millions of dollars out of the fact that they're afraid of failing, it works. It just isn't fun. Right, right. There's got to be a dead end at some point, right? Where you, you reach the top of the mountain and go, oh man, this is not fulfilling. Yeah, dude, I still struggle with it today. And that's where I still have to go back to those principles that I told you about. Why do I, why do I feel that way? Why am I not pushing towards a goal and rather running away from something? And how can I switch my mindset and change my motivation uh, from something that's broken? Think about this, Joel, stress. How many times do we have something that's big going on in our life and so we get stressed out about the result? Though we're not changing the outcome, we feel that if we get stressed, at least we're doing everything we quote unquote can to control the outcome. Yet, if you were just not to be stressed, the outcome would be the same, maybe even better. And so I, I did this forever. I realized that what this does is it treats our sub, it takes our subconscious mind and it teaches us that our stress dictates our success. And that's a, wow. a vicious cycle that needs, that uh, everyone's going to want to break on the show by going back and changing those motivations internally. Oh, I love that. And that's why I'm such a fan of casting your vision and really mapping out a strategy because that vision uh, inspires you, right? You stay in this place of creation and it pulls you rather than staying in a place of fear that pushes you. You've always just done before. this really well, man. Like you even said this on my no. podcast, you had that 10 year vision and that's what drew you forward. I think that's such a great point, man, is uh, even with the three dimensional business mm. that we have all of our men in our community do it. The first one, the number one point is having a vision and a mission that's bigger than a product or service, meaning uh, something that's bigger that's going on that people can get behind. And also it's for yourself so that you don't have that burnout. So you don't feel like you have to shift your career all the time. You have something bigger that you're going after that's bigger than a product and it's bigger than a service and you first do it by just as you said man casting that vision absolutely and i love what you said before identifying really the need behind what you're doing right 
uh, Maslow's hierarchy of human needs is a great thing to refer to. We have right at the top self-actualization, which is realizing personal potential. Then you have esteem needs, which is prestige and feeling of accomplishment, which we were talking about, right? And then we have belonging and love needs. Some people do it for, for relationships, for friends, for the social aspect. We have safety needs for security, right? Feeling secure, secure and safe. Then the physiological needs, which is water, warmth, rest, which is essentially the basics and the fundamentals. But really, I think once you understand your, your needs and your desires, it gives you a good platform to operate from. And that way, you know how to craft your strategy to move forward. So I, I could even see people's questions coming up right now, Joel, of like, but how do I find out what are my motivations? And I think a, a great quote out there is like, you have to learn how to play someone else's music before you learn how to play your own. And this is big for me as well, like setting goals and things like that. Who has the life that you want? And that's what I really looked at at first is I was going, man, who was prospering in health and not sacrificing all their health to gain wealth? Who out there was having great relationships with their wife that lasted a long time, but equally was building a mission and a vision as something that was making a big impact at the same time. And that really thinned out the crowd. As we talked about before, man, there's lots of people that make money, but they're sacrificing all these other parts of their life, all their personal life. And I didn't want that. So first I looked at who had that life. And I started looking at what was their goals? What were they focusing on? And then from there, I actually switched it into what do I care about? What motivates me? And I feel like that's a great process to use. Like maybe that's why they listen to you, Joel. They're like, man, this guy's life. I want to model it. And you're living a life that's worth modeling, which is a huge uh, core foundation of what we do uh, because people will actually catch what you have, Joel, more than they'll listen to what you say. They'll start talking with your mannerisms, your tonality. They'll start acting like you wearing the same shirt subconsciously because when you choose someone to listen from or a person to absorb from you catch more things than you hear and so that's where man the people you surround yourself is who you become absolutely even when it comes to mentors that you listen to you'll absorb other things about them yes yes i mean this is a life that i also live i, I can totally agree with you on that nicholas who are you inspired to model yourself after? Dude. Right now. For me, dude, it's always the number one person, the person that has the most amount of followers in the world, the one that's made the most amount of impact. And for me, that's Jesus. Like just looking at the way he lived his life, looking at the the foundation that we have to live by, looking at the way that he spoke and communicated, looking at how he's not even the man that people would say that he is. Like everyone thinks he's soft and nice, but I looked at him as someone who walked up to 12 disciples and was like, hey man, leave everything and follow me. And then I look at him as the guy, as people that were like, I want to follow you. And he said, you know what? You know, actually don't go bury your mother and father. Father, You know, let the dead bury the dead. We have bigger things. Come follow me. Hey, don't actually tell your family that you're going to leave. Just leave with me. And he was so on mission, on vision, so convicted by what he was doing. Could you imagine, Joel, telling someone that, hey, addicted to success right now, we're doing such big things that I know that your family just died, passed away, and I know you want to go to their funeral, but we actually have bigger things to do right now. Let the dead bury the dead. Let's push on with our mission. And so when I look at a person who has a life that's worth modeling, that's what I look at. I use the principles. I use the life, but... Again, it's not because of any type of like religion or something like that. It's all the same thing that everyone else says, judge a tree by its fruit. And I just look at the fruit, man. I'm like, dang, dude, I want that tree planted. There's lots of people that are doing good things. But man, what stands the test of time for thousands of years? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, what, three and a half years in mission and even to this day, billions of people 
uh, follow him. So that, that's leadership on a whole new level. <laughs> dude, and it, dude, it took a lot Incredible. to be around him as well, man. Took everything. Think about the rich young ruler, right? This guy was so savage. It's not bad to have money. Jesus called me to raise money so I could like do tons of stuff and have fun and do and experience life. Great. But this one guy had money, right? And he comes up to Jesus like, hey man, I want to follow you. Like I want to hang out with you. And he goes, oh yeah, dude, just sell everything that you have and sounds good. Like we'll hang out. It's like, I can't. Okay, cool. Then it sounds like you can't hang out then. Like you care too much about your junk that like it's clowning your judgment. Like so savage, man. I, I have a blast with this stuff. Oh yeah. I mean, he didn't come to, to talk about what is popular. He came to speak truth. And that's it. Boom. Yeah, I love it. So much certainty, so much conviction and on fire for his mission. So brother, how do we become three-dimensional entrepreneurs? Yeah, so the three dimension really came about from my own failure. I told you I was 60 pounds overweight. After wanting to become a professional athlete, I was so depressed, dude. I was strangled by my insecurities. I lived here in San Diego with the best weather in the, well, I would say at least in the United States. And dude, like I had to hide in my house every year because I was so overweight. I was so ashamed of myself. I was so pale white. Think about this problem, like such first world problems. If I went into... The pool, I had to wear a shirt because I was so fat. And if I didn't wear a shirt, I was so white and fat that people would make fun of me, but they make fun of me for my shirt. So much overwhelming wow. stuff going on. So the first thing that I did was I looked at what's the foundation of health? Because if I'm operating at 80% of my potential, 60% of my potential, how am I supposed to achieve 100% of my destiny? And so I put down what are the factors of health? So I put down, I got physical, mental, spiritual and emotional. And I put those as my number one priority, meaning that it's the thing that comes first in my calendar. Uh, when push comes to shove, it can happen at night. It can happen during the day. It does not matter. But what does matter is that it's plugged in first. So if something else comes up, this cut takes priority. And I put together goals for each one of those. What's my physical goal? What's my mental goal? And how do I get there? And so one of the things that people could do just on the physical side is there's only five things that you do in your health. You breathe, drink, sleep, eat and exercise. Four out of five, you're already doing every day, just probably wrong. And some of you guys listening because of Joel, you're probably already doing it right. But if you can set up a goal for each five of those, it takes almost no time to knock it out and boom, already you're clearing your mental state and your physical state and optimizing your body for performance where that brings me to my second one, which would be relationships. Relationships are something that obviously business is done through relationships, but you have a hierarchy of relationships, meaning your relationship with yourself, then your relationship with your significant other, then your relationship maybe with your family. And each person can rate these in whatever order you want. For me, my relationship with my wife is my second highest priority, first myself, which is very backwards compared to what everyone would say. But when you look at it, it takes a very small amount of my time to optimize myself. And if I can't give 100% to my relationship, if I'm always dragged out, always unfulfilled, I'm not giving to my relationship. Second one is my relationship with my significant other. And I plug that in as my second priority uh, to make sure that that takes priority even over my business. Why? Because why are you doing all this in the first place? Like how many guys I talked to that would sacrifice their relationship to gain wealth, but because why? What's the point? And the third thing is business. Uh, and that's for people that it could be mission, impact, whatever this is for you. Something that's bigger. Maybe it has nothing to do with your job or career, but it's that thing that you do that makes you come alive. 
And I've noticed that it's not these three priorities that are the problem in most people's lives after coaching these 600 men one-on-one, like the phone calls, setting up their life for success. I realized that it's the other priorities that get in the way where other people's agendas get in their life. So you plug these three areas, health, business, and relationships in your calendar. And what this does is because if you do not fuel your calendar, someone else will fill it for you. And all of a sudden you start living a life that you did not even design. That other people that give you their two cents, that's only worth two cents, design your entire life for you. And so to become a three-dimensional a business person, a three-dimensional entrepreneur, it's really plugging in those three different priorities and holding them as, as a strand where they actually help each other and use the principles from each one. If you're, if you're doing great in your health, doing great in your relationship like I was, I got married, I had great health, but I had no income, no business. And the most balanced time of my life in my personal life was when I was most broke. That was so frustrating to me. I was like, I'm doing everything right. What's the problem? And when you balance these and use the principle of all of these to be able to go out there and go after your mission and vision, when you, when you have great relationships in your, with your significant other and, and your community and your people around you, your family, and you have great relationship with yourself where you're investing in your health, then all of a sudden it makes your mission and impact, boom, 10x quicker because you're able to get more done with less effort. Oh, wow, man. So many nuggets in there. Oh, wow. I love that. Yeah. I remember just before you said that uh, essentially if you don't structure your day, then you end up falling into everybody else's agenda. Right. And I remember seeing uh, Howard Schultz, the founder of Starbucks. He, he said recently, man, if I went on coffee dates with everyone that keeps asking me to come out with them for a meeting for coffee, he said that Starbucks would never exist. right right so we've got to pick and choose our time wisely and i love that uh how you framed it all you know with your framework of the three dimensions i love that because now we can achieve at a high level but also stay in balance absolutely and it's and Mm. plugging in your calendar is something that you're going to want to do daily weekly believe me life comes at you and it just happened to me the other day i had a big thing going on in our business joel and like all of a sudden, I was like, I think my wife and I think everyone else wants me just to work hard and accomplish this. And like four days into this, my wife was super upset. She wasn't feeling loved. We didn't have great connection in that moment. Like we caught it right away. And I was able to go back to these top three priorities and go, oh my goodness, I thought that I was doing what other people wanted of me rather than doing like what I actually was supposed to do. Like I was just perceiving what everyone wanted that I have to go out there and achieve and that's what everyone wants of me. But you see this in families so much across the world. The man going out there and trying to provide, coming home and going, why aren't you guys happy? I'm doing everything that you want. I'm providing for you. I'm nice. I'm showing up. But no one's fulfilled, not the man or the family. And so when it comes down to it, uh, it's, it's setting up, like having those conversations, consistently revisiting your top priorities. Yes. I think as men, we can be one dimensional quite often, right? (laughs) (laughs) Very much so. (laughs) So you've worked with over 600 men one-on-one. What would you say is the biggest struggle that you find with men? Apart from what we just talked about there with, you know, just going all in on providing and business, what would have to be another struggle that is pretty popular? So seclusion is a big deal. I feel like this happens with everyone. There's two different types of seclusion that I found. There's the person that only feels like they can be in community when they have success. So this is the person that 
only wants to hang out when everything's going perfect. So they get around a good community because obviously who you surround yourself with, you become. And, and that's how we work is we learn from our social networks, not just our neuro networks, not just through books and things like that, but we learn through observing human activity. And so what happens, these people think that, man, I can only get in community when I feel successful enough, when I feel like I'm not broken. What this t tends to have them do is they use all the willpower that they have to try to get successful enough to get in a community and then they end up crashing and burning and thinking like, I guess I got to get back out of this community to go back to work and get back to the serious stuff. The other person is quite the opposite. When they're doing well, they leave community. And they're like, why do I need this? I'm going to keep doing my thing. I'm fine. I don't need to go to the live events. I don't need to go connect with these people. I don't need to have these accountability partners. And then what ends up happening, and as soon as they have that uh, success, they leave. But when they fail, they go back into it. And these are the people that you see that only get in a community until they get a, a stability or success. And they never get to that last S, which is uh, significance. There's the four S's of life, right? There's, there's the, uh, the bottom, which is survival, which is like you're just n like nail and toothing everything. Like you just need to get to stability. Most people stop at stability because it's comfortable. This is the scariest place of life to be because the next step is success. But the only way you get to success is usually by going back into that, that place of feeling like, man, like survival mode again. So you want to get through stability to success as fast as possible. But then we notice that there's not much fulfillment in the area of success. And the fourth area is significance. And I really feel that that's brought through being and surrounding yourself with a powerful community. And the problem with that is that all of us feel like we need to earn it in some way, shape or, shape or form. That when we earn success, we leave community because we don't need it anymore. And when we don't have success, we need to go back into it. Like it's always a backwards vicious cycle. And the biggest thing it comes down to is like, I'm not enough. I'm not enough in my health. I'm not enough for myself. I'm not enough for my relationships. I'm not enough for my business. So because of that, I need to justify the results that I'm getting in my life and earn them through burning myself out, destroying myself, and putting myself down. And so the problem is, is that uh, tearing down a building doesn't build another one ever. Wow. That is deep. The sacrifice for significance. Huh. That's what it takes, man. And uh, yeah. yeah. I, I think that it, that's the biggest common thing that I've seen because if you can stick yourself in a community, like listening to Joel's podcast, don't just listen to it when you're doing bad and you're like, I need success tips. I need motivation. I need this. No, this is something that should be like a, like bathing, right? Like how they talk about motivation. It's like bathing. It should be done every single day. This is the foundation in which you build upon that if you uh, only filled up your car and you're like, oh my gosh, why would I need to fill up my car? I have gas in the tank. I'm going. And then you run out of gas and you're like, oh, this must mm -hmm. be the time I go and fill up my car. Better get a tow truck. Better go t waste all this time and energy rather than just consistently topping yourself off. That's what happens on podcasts like this. That's what happens in powerful communities. That's what happens when you drop the naysaying friends that aren't prospering in those three areas and you make that your ministry to give to them, but not the place that you draw your inspiration and growth. Yes, yes. Nick. I know you're big on mentors. I'm big on them too. Who has had a profound impact in your life um, in the last five years? So my father's been a big one. Me and him ran a business together for two and a half years. And I'm so grateful to say that because we had tons of problems growing up. 
uh, I just I had lots of problems. He had lots of problems, but I am who I am today for that. Uh, the second person, someone who believed in me from the beginning, Joel, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him, uh, Cole Hatter. I still invest in his high-level programs and his events every single year. I've just been a big oh, yeah, inspiration. He's, he's one, of my fir- one of my first clients that I was like, how did I get this guy as a client? Why does he believe in me? And his belief in me was more powerful than anything else that I learned. Uh, Russell Brunson's a big mentor of mine right now. And one that I just want to point out that he may never even hear this is my mentor, Yost Jansen. He was a, a retired Navy SEAL and he's been my mentor since I was 18. He's invested financially in me. He's invested uh, when I needed a loan. He's invested in me with his time and energy and has really molded me into the person that I am today. And mentors are this, uh, just for people that are wondering, there's people that you can learn from, but learning from someone, even like me today, I'm not, it's just not a mentor. Like I'm, I'm teaching. It's a teacher, right? If you go to your math class, like that's not a mentor necessarily. Maybe a math mentor, but he's teaching you on a subject. And most people confuse that as a mentor. Mentors, I really feel like, give you those principles of how to live life and how to solve life's hardest problems. Because ultimately, it's not going to be that that one marketing strategy, even me and you, Joel, we talked about this beforehand. The marketing strategy won't matter until your mindset changes. And so that Absolutely. mentor helps you look at the world differently, look at, world, look at problems differently, look at your life differently to get clear so that everything that you're doing is working towards a bigger vision. And those people have helped me do all those things. Oh, yes. You mentioned that you're the last mentor invested in you and obviously for him to financially invest in you, he obviously believed in you, right? I had uh, Les Brown on one of the episodes on the Addicted to Success podcast. And I remember him saying that there was a point in his life when he was helping out at a radio station and someone came in and said to him, Les, you're going to do big things in this world. You are going to be a powerful speaker. Uh, you, you're, you're a powerful human being. And Les said, really? Is that how you see me? And he said, yes, absolutely. And so sometimes, you know, there's, a, there's a quotes out there that say, you know, you're not going anywhere, anywhere unless you believe in yourself. And I, I understand that and get that to a certain degree. But it is really powerful when someone steps in and sees you from a different perspective and shares that with you. And I think that it goes back to like, how can we be that for others too? Instead of just looking for mentors all the time, how can you do that for someone else? Because if we all did that for each other, powerful things would start to move in this world if we started to really get behind people, hold them accountable to their potential. So let's stay on that subject for a second. But first, let me rewind. One of my biggest mentors is my wife. Because exactly the same thing you just said. The thing about mentors is they're so close to you that they see what you do well and what you do bad, which is one of the best things in the world because you know they like you based on you, the good side and the bad side. Same with a relationship, my wife and I. She's such an inspiration to me. Why? Because she sees my dark, my darkest, deepest moments of doubt and fear and insecurities and whatever and still in that moment believes in a greater version of myself than I can even see. And that belief is something that I can get behind. Why? Because I trust it. And that's one powerful thing about having a mentor is that they know who you are and where you're at. So that when you have these people out there that want to give you their two cents, and I told you, Joel, it's only worth two cents, meaning it's not that valuable. (laughs) When they say that, you're not shaken like as if it's winds and waves, right? You're like, oh no, I have a mentor in this area of my life. I have a mentor in my health. I have a mentor in my relationships. I have a mentor in my business. And if I was 
acting the way you say I am or uh, not doing the right thing or whatever it is. Like you get haters everywhere and it could just be like a lack of perception or maybe they're being triggered. In those moments, they've been very hurtful to me in the past. And it was when I didn't have a mentor in that area, making sure that if I had a place I was missing that I was blind in, that they would help me see. And one of the worst things that people do is they think that they're just fine and they don't have a mentor and they don't listen to anyone. Those people go crazy. But as you said, Joel, we should be then taking that information and pouring it into someone else, which is that giving. And I just, I just, um, inspire everyone or uh, give someone like that extra strength to give 10% of your time, 10% of your money. If someone asks you, like the other day I was at, this is the first time I'm sharing this, I was somewhere and I realized that like I was getting too attached to the things in my life and I had this gold watch on and this guy came up to me and goes, man, like I love that watch. And I was like, you know what, dude, like you want the watch? And he's like, dude, I can't take it. And I'm like, no, dude, this is for me. Like, take this from me. Because when you give, more blesses the hand that gives than receives. When you give, you get more from it than the other person. But it's a great way to have an experience with them as well. Yes. Amen to that, brother. Nicholas, I remember seeing a picture that you posted, I think it was last month or maybe two months ago. And it was a coffee mug that you had made. It says, I am a money magnet. So what does it take to be a money magnet? Because I think there are a lot of people here that want to know that. And I know that you had a million dollar year, which is actually really interesting. I think it'd be great for, for the A2S listeners to get some advice around that because I know a lot of people will struggle with that, struggle with the money mindset and struggle with knowing that they're worthy of, of getting uh, the, the finances in place, whether it's to invest in their business or to invest in uh, new projects or whether it's to, you know, have a bit of freedom in your life or security in your life. So Nicholas, how do we become money magnets? Joel, I'm going to take this so deep for you because I wanted to go into this story and I just wasn't able to. And it really shows my failure. But uh, first story is that my friend made a goal at 18 years old to give away $2,000, to give it away physically to other people. And in that year, 18 years old, with not having a job, he'd only given away a couple hundred bucks by the 11th month. And I looked at his like story and it looked really cool and I wanted to do it as well. And I actually have a, a notebook full of days that I gave. But the craziest thing happened when he had that vision, something bigger than himself. Like that's the first thing we need is something that's bigger than just our current mission, the thing that's right in front of us. He got a check in the mail from his school for $1,800, a refund for no reason. And he was able to give that money away and hit his goal for the year of giving away $2,000. And so when I looked at that story, not only did he have good intentions, which was great, uh, but on top of that, he had a vision and a mission that was so big that he couldn't afford it and couldn't do it on his own. And that all comes down to intuit, like this gut feeling, this intuition, this, that what I like to say, like the voice of God in our life. And I have a story, man, that like, I totally screwed this up one time and I'll try to go through it. It's just like, it's pretty tough to get through, but uh, I passed this girl. I had this girl in my class every single day for three years and we wrote music together and then the fourth year of my high school year we didn't have a class anymore and I used to pass her every single day in the hallways and I've only shared this one time before on a podcast and uh, I just feel like it's really relevant for to be a money magnet it also takes living a life that's different than the 99% out there and I passed yes. her every day and I was so self-conscious, man, of myself. I was so overweight. I, I just never reached out to her. I never thought about her. I was always thinking about myself. I wasn't thinking about giving. I wasn't thinking about serving. And one day I'm at this church, my first time really ever going to church when I was 18 years old. And I get a phone call 
and the person's just hysterical on the other end. And I found out that my friend had hung herself in her room and like the, the amount of emotions that were going wow. through my life and like my, my body and like all these thoughts that were going through my head, I was so like, tr- like traumatized by this moment of like, I wrote music with this girl for three years in school and I passed her every day and I passed her that freaking day and I didn't say anything to her. And I, I thought in my mind, like, what would I have had to say to actually transform my life, to follow a leading? And this is what I'm talking about, like having something bigger that you're going after that you're taking action on. If you think you should say great job to somebody, you feel like you should give money to somebody, if you feel like you should go into this certain business and you deny that voice first and you think I'm going to go do the traditional way, the way that the world tells me I should do it. Well, guess what? You're going to get what the world gets in results. But if you want to become a money magnet, it takes first by getting a vision on the inside of you that you're willing to go after that that comes down to a quote that's this, I'd rather do what I know is right and fail than do what I already know is wrong and succeed. You can succeed in front of everyone doing all the things that you know is wrong in life, getting that regular job that you don't even like, that you don't even feel like is your mission. Or you could do what you know you should do and possibly fail but at least you know you did it and you have to be willing to fail if you're going to succeed big, if you're going to become a money magnet. So one day I'm driving home and I'm driving home in my truck. This is just after, six months after my friend committed suicide. And I'm just like, I want to be used. I want to do something bigger. I could have saved my friend's life just by giving her just a little something. Just like, you're amazing. You're awesome. Like just, it could have been so small the thought that she had to go through and she tied that thing around her neck and like took the step off, like the amount of time and the thoughts she was probably thinking like, is there anyone out there that cares for me? That was the one person, not only that 2000 kids in my school every day that walked past her. And I remember just wanting to be used. So I got off on this exit, right? That gut feeling like eight miles before my house on that exit. I'm like, I don't even know why I'm here. And this really is about how you really become a money magnet. I'm driving down the street and I see this guy walking and I'm like, maybe I should stop. So I go, hey man, this is what my gut's feeling. This is what I feel like I should do with my life. I'm going to stop. Turn around. I come out and this guy with barefoot, he's tatted from the foot to the neck, starts chasing my car at three in the morning and I'm 18 years old and like 120 pounds at this point. And so I'm freaking out. And so I'm like, I don't know what to do. So I, (laughs) I, I said this one word to him right before he gets to my car and it stopped him in his tracks. And if anyone wants to hear the word, like I just never really share it publicly. So if anyone wants to hear the word, like email me at nicholas at the billion dollar body.com. I'll tell you, but I stop him in his tracks and he's like, why did you say that? And I'm like, I don't know. Like I'm just here because I felt like I should get off on this exit. I don't even live around here. It's 3am. I'm 18. Like I'm just spewing out everything at this point. And he, he gets in my truck and I just asked him drive him back to his house and he just starts bawling his eyes out. And I don't know why. And I'm really confused at this point. And I'm like, man, like what's going on? He's like, my car broke down and like I was trying to make, get it fixed and I couldn't, I couldn't get a hold of anyone. So I was up on this mountain and throughout this conversation, he gets to the point where he's like asking me all these questions. Why did I stop? And I'm like, man, I don't know if you must have a purpose and a destiny for your life. I'm not sure. He tells me, man, I was on my way back home to go kill myself because I was sitting there looking at my truck for an hour that is broken out. Everything in my life was going wrong. And when you drove past me, I told myself that if this kid stops for me, I'm going to beat the S out of him. I don't know if I could say that. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so that's what he was doing when he was coming after my truck. He was going to beat me up basically, like tear me to shreds right before he was going to go home. And that one word stopped him and he got in the truck and realized that he had a purpose and a destiny for his life. 
And so many times we go through life and we're just walking past the person and we don't know the repercussions and or we give that one tidbit like I just did where I stopped for that one person and it transformed his life forever where we are still friends on Facebook and he has kids to this day uh, just from that one moment. And that might happen on this podcast. And so it's taking those opportunities to give back to the world that are bigger than the vision that you can have for yourself right now, but something bigger that you cannot accomplish on your own that will take generations. And what happens is where that vision's at, that's where abundance will flow. And if abundance is money, that's what it'll go. If abundance is love, that's what it'll go. If abundance is help in hands, that's what will come, just like it did for him. So follow that gut intuition that's a lot bigger that I learned the hard way through watching my friend hang herself, and I have to live with that forever, of the thought that it just could have taken one word, one moment, one person to transform her life forever. But then that, to see the fruit six months later of transforming the way that I think and live, to be able to see that guy walk away, not go home and commit suicide because I followed that vision. That's something on the inside of me that called me to stop. And when you push that down for too long, you can't hear it. But when you start listening to it again, it comes back quickly. And that's where you start seeing the flow state. That's also where you start seeing people say, everything's happening for me right now. This is crazy. That's what they're doing. <laughs> yes, the whispers of wisdom. I, I've definitely experienced that many times over. Even with some of the biggest business deals, that have come through and defining moments in my career have come from just one line or even just one word that changed everything. It's incredible. Awesome. Awesome. Nicholas, I love the stories you shared. Thank you so much for instilling your wisdom in us. Now, before we wrap up, where can people find you online? Dude, Nicholas Bailey on Instagram. I'm even showing, I'm doing a 30-day no alcohol challenge. Uh, my wife and I show the behind the scenes of our business. I show my life. And that exact story is exactly how we built our business as well. That's the foundation of everything is like, how can we give more than we get from this world? How can I make sure I'm not just taking air and oxygen from the world, but giving back to it? And that's what I really share. So Instagram, Nicholas Bailey. Oh, that's such a beautiful mission. Yes, guys, make sure you follow Nicholas today. His content is very inspiring. And I do love how vulnerable you get. I love how you and Amanda share away. Uh, there's just so much value that you are, you're offering the world. And I've also seen you grow in leaps and bounds as well and really step up as a leader. So thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. Nicholas, Thanks. before we wrap up this interview, I have one last question. Dude, I'm excited. I don't even know what it is. Yeah. Okay, get ready. <laughs> the question is, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? Dude, that is so crazy. It probably sound really quick, first off. I, I know I can speak pretty quickly, but I'd be speaking real quick if I had 30 seconds left. Um, but when it comes down to it, that, that mission or vision that gives purpose to someone's life that's just so much bigger than themselves, I feel like really works its way out because at that point you need to figure out who's the person I'm going to become to be able to do that. Uh, and that process, just as Tony Robbins says, that progress equals happiness. That progress will lead you to these different things just like I've been led to. It's been that constant pursuit to something bigger. And so I don't even know my, my answer will change, man. That's a tough one. I would like, I got to put you on the spot for that one next time. Um, other than that, man, like just that they're okay. Anytime I think about if my future self came back and told myself anything, what would it be? 
And it would be, man, like, you're okay. You're on the right track. Like, chill out. Like, just keep going. And, and just that assurance that you're doing the right thing. Like, you're on the right track. You can do it. The end result is already good. And uh, eliminating those fears in people's lives, I believe, will allow them to live a life that uh, is in constant pursuit of growth. And that constant pursuit of growth will get them to discover the things that they need to discover uh, in their life.